Hey everybody, and welcome to the Doctors of Running Virtual Roundtable, where we three doctors of physical therapy discuss the art and the science to the stuff that we're putting on our feet. Today is another exciting episode. We have our next guest on with us. Her name is Tina Danforth. We're really excited to have her with us. She is part of Mizuno Running in North America. Um, and so we're going to kind of have a two-part episode. We're going to have an interview with Tina uh, where we're going to talk about Mizuno from a large-scale basis, as well as diving into the wave sky for WaveNet. Um, and so before we start interviewing Tina, let's talk a little bit about the wave sky 4. And I'm just going to run through brief specs here. Um, when we're looking at weight in men's size 9, it's 11.2 ounces, and in women's size 7, it's 9.4 ounces. This has a 10-millimeter drop. Um, it's going to have your wave knit upper, and then it has uh, the wave foam technology. There are two different foams, or three different foams, I believe, within the midsole. You have your X-Pop, which was also in the Wave Sky 3. It debuted in the Wave Sky 3. Then you have the new full-length uh, Mizuno Energy, which we'll learn a little bit more about. And I believe there's another one of the layers is still the U4IC uh, foam as well. So you have those three foams interacting, and we're going to dive into that a lot more. But first, let's welcome Tina. Oh, Matt, you have something? Is it pronounced U4, is it euphoric? Euphoric. Saying that wrong the whole time? No, that's yeah. perfect. Yep, euphoric <laughs> and euphoric X. Yep. Don't ever come to me for pronunciation. It's, it's a, English is my second you know, language. That's, that's way more brilliant than I read it. Or you could, you know, it's like when somebody asked me, I, I, do, I was at a conference and it was like a, uh, icebreaker question and it, and it said something like what's your favorite song by and I said Deadmau5 and they're like you mean Dead Mouse?" <laughs> so there's euphoric for you euphoric or euphoric well, I just learned something because I thought that was Deadmau5 so yes <laughs> we're all gonna learn a lot on this version one one thing I would say is definitely not my expertise is coming up with names of foam because this was years and years before me but you know, they were like, okay, here's this new compound of foam. How can we come up with a cool name for it? And, and literally, I think our, you know, our assistant product manager at the time just Googled like the feelings that you would, you know, enjoy in that foam and came up with euphoric and then just kind of found a way to make it into U4IC, which is super, super clever. Definitely not one of my uh, attributes for sure. Awesome. Well, okay, Tina, good. why don't you intro introduce yourself a little bit? Tell us when you started with Mizuno, what's your role with them and kind of what you're up to now. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and thank you guys again for having me on. I, I really appreciate it. Um, so yeah, just kind of to start, um, I actually was a store manager a long time ago at Marathon Sports in Boston. So that's kind of where I got my, my start and run specialty and, you know, very much love it and, you know, kind of owe them my start in the running uh, industry. So uh, appreciate the thumbs up, Matt. Um, so at that point, the Wave Rider 9, that was my favorite rider. Um, and, you know, Mizuno was my favorite brand. And they had a, a tech rep position open in Austin, Texas. So at that point, we had, I think, four feet of snow on, a gr on the ground that weekend. And I was like, yep, ship me out. I'm, I'm tired of Boston for the time being. So uh, started as a tech rep in, in Austin, Texas. And, you know, my main goal there was sell through, but I actually worked with um, Nordstrom and Dick Sporting Goods and Finish Line and Foot Lockers. So I actually started in run specialty, but then got a lot of that really good, um, you know, feedback and, and just a way to kind of get myself into a different part of the industry. So 
um, was there for about two years. And then uh, that was 2008. So um, overall, I've been with Mizuno now for about 12 and a half years. Um, but then next step wanted to get back into run specialties. So there was a, a job open in Philadelphia and I took that role for about nine months before the role opened back up in Boston. So I was able to move back there, continue working with marathon sports, which, you know, I very much loved. Um, and then from there, regional manager, and then now on the product side, uh, for, for Mizuno. So I've been doing that now since uh january of 29th no actually about two years i moved to atlanta in january but i started in about june of 2018 so yeah now i've been on the product side for two years and again you know i i really appreciate kind of the history that i did have because i worked with so many different accounts and and customers and consumers that i really you know developed an appreciation kind of for the brand and the consumer that was you know the loyalist to our brand yeah well, that's quite the journey to get to where you are. Yeah, very much. Really cool. <laughs> yeah. To run specialty, as, as I also had my, my start in run specialty and owe a lot of my knowledge and start to those wonderful people who helped. And uh, please shop local. It's great. 100%. Absolutely. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. So let's, uh, let's go next and kind of really big picture in Mizuno and kind of what is your... What, what's Mizuno's approach to how you develop, you know, new films like Mizuno Energy, um, even X-Pop, which is still relatively new, kind of what, what's, the, what's the overall strategy that you guys use um, with your development and implantation and stuff like that? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, about, I would say five or six years ago, we had, we had a lot of SKUs, uh, not only globally, but at Mizuno USA. I mean, we had the Ronin, the Musha, we had, um, you know, Elixir, we had um, Sayonara and then Catalyst once the Elixir got retired. And we just had a lot of styles on the wall. And while they kind of meant something to a few amount of people, they didn't really kind of appeal to the overall people in that category. And this is, you know, me saying I was the number one Elixir fan out there. You know, one of the shoes that I absolutely love. Um, but at that point, we were like, as a brand, you know, we, we have that kind of locked in heel fit, you know, we maybe are a little bit narrower overall, but really like who's our consumer and, and how many consumers out there love our product. And so about five or six years ago, we started down this track of something we called Compath and Compath stand, stands for uh, Comfort Preferred Motion Path. And basically, we uh, developed a partnership with this guy, Dr. Ben Onig, who is a wonderful, you probably know the name, um, but an authority on biomechanics, right? And he basically helped us develop shoes based on consumers. So we tested thousands and thousands of different consumers and kind of came to three different categories of consumers we found. Um, and the first one was kind of floating. So that consumer who likes soft on the heel step and then soft on the toe off. And then we started with another consumer that was soft on the, the heel and then a little bit faster on the toe off, so a little bit firmer there. Um, and then that last consumer was kind of firm and firm. 
Um, and those were the three main consumers we saw over and over and over and over again. And that really kind of started us on this path of how we develop our shoes in those categories. So that's why you kind of see Sky being so different from Ryder, even though we'll talk about Mizuno Energy later. They both have Mizuno Energy, but it's done in two different ways that you can really hit home that consumer. There you go. Love that shout out right there. Um, so yeah, I mean, Compath really has driven kind of our product creation going forward. Um, and that's from a global point of view. But I would say at least in the USA, I think we try to do a, a few different things, especially going forward. And, and one is to tell stories. Um, I think that's really important to us. It gives meaning to the product that we put out. Um, and two is kind of be inspiring. I think one thing that you'll start to see in the future, I'm not going to give it away, but is how we can be inspiring as a brand. Um, and maybe we'll talk a little bit more about that later. Um, and third is kind of be true to our Mizuno DNA, which is this kind of performance mind. So, you know, we want to put just enough in our product that helps the consumer, but then not, you know, kind of muddies that shoe in a way that there's just kind of too much going on. So maybe a longer answer to the question, but again, that's a little bit more of kind of the strategy and, and things that we look at going into every product creation. You know, it's funny, you, you talk about, uh, researcher Nick we uh, if you read our reviews we've cited his stuff a ton in our thoughts as a DPT section um, and right I, had a, I yeah. actually had a great conversation with the runner today when they were they were asking me like so how do you know what shoe that you should wear and all this kind of stuff and I used his research to kind of at least as a part of that conversation so the fact that you guys are partnering have partnered with him in your development of how to create shoes um, that's pretty impressive that's great that explains a lot about why these are so good then. <laughs> also, super, Zeno, super trustworthy. Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely awesome. So again, we, we, that's one of the most commonly cited uh, researchers because he's one of the like, godfathers of footwear biomechanics. So it's very cool. That right. is awesome. Yeah. Well, if, if you don't mind, let, can we go into Mizuno Energy a little bit? Yeah. That's kind of the big drop this year. Um, Thanks for blowing so up. What can you... What can you tell us about the <laughs> What can you tell us about the development of Mizuno Energy? Kind of what um, what type of foam is it? What are its intended uses? Uh, where do you see it going? That kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. the The cool thing about Mizuno Energy overall is it's a super versatile type of material. So um, it's not molded in one way or the other. So I think that's why it's really resonated to us as a material because of its kind of responsive properties, but also its cushioning properties as well. So for instance, the Mizuno Energy phone that's in the heel wedge of the rider is molded completely differently from the Sky uh, Mizuno Energy. So again, it's a material that we found that, you know, if you look at Mizuno Energy compared to Euphoric, which was in, you know, the Rider 24 heel wedge before Rider 23 heel wedge, you know, it's 17% softer, 15% more responsive. So again, the the properties of it is is just overall just a better foam in general. Um, but you know, whether you injection midsole it, whether you kind of melt down kind of chips into a mold and kind of do it that way, it can give you kind of different properties and different feelings by doing that. So um, honestly, that's been one of the biggest reasons that we do love using it um, because you can do it in so many different ways. Uh, it can be, you know, a super versatile type of foam. Now, I don't know if you can, you can tell us this and I totally understand if not, is it is not EVA correct or what, what kind of compound? I don't know if you can tell us that that might be proprietary and I totally understand. It, 
it depends how it's done. So I can't, you know, I can't really, I guess totally I don't want to say uh, too much about it, but yes, it can be done in an EVA type of way, but there are other ways that we utilize it that uh, it's not. So that, that is something I just recently learned and didn't know is I, I kind of categorize materials as EVA, ETPU, PEEP, and then now have begun to understand that that can be mixed and matched depending on how you want to create those compounds. So the world yeah. has suddenly expanded far greater so I totally understand. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's great material. It is awesome. And yeah, school- even... Oh, absolutely. Even like wave plate. I mean, obviously, you know, we've been doing that for years and years and years. And we played around with TPU and PBACs forever. And, you know, that's something that we'll continue to push as well. So that's kind of the cool thing about new technologies. You can have similar feelings, but then obviously, you know, the compounds are completely different. So can you talk a little bit about, uh, I know this one is about this episodes about the wave sky but when we talk about the wave rider 24 can you talk a little bit about what was the purpose of designing it with only having a heel wedge instead of full length in the rider yeah that's a good question um so one of the biggest reasons was and this is a very uh japanese kind of traditional thing but whenever we come out with a new material we're very hesitant to go all in and put that in a product we kind of prefer almost a you know half in approach evolution, so that way the consumer isn't totally you know taken aback by a new material, and it's hard for them to kind of continue that evolution of the rider. So um, from a standpoint, we kind of want to do one click and not just like an overhaul of the product. So that's kind of the the biggest reason there. But um, you know, one of the things that is kind of cool that we did in and the Wave Rider 24 is we've never really done a foam like that that can have a lot of ground contact. So most of the times whenever we have, you know, an outsole material, obviously you're using carbon rubber to be durable. So there's not, you know, there's not any deterioration of the product before it's meant to hit, you know, your 300 to 400 miles. But Mizuno Energy, if you do it a certain way, it actually can have contact with the ground without breaking down as quickly. So. That's Very awesome. interesting. It is interesting to hear about you, like the, again, the just wanting to be careful and like kind of generally evolve stuff. Because I understand that because again, the writer series has a really strong following, and I understand if I, I think in the past things kind of changed too abruptly, and some people might have gotten a little upset. It's interesting that you say that because we had that same thought where the writer twenty four is certainly an evolution where the the speed rate is still there from the twenty three. And it looks similar in some ways, but yet, on the other hand, so much has changed about this shoe in terms of the heel wedge, the full ground contact, outsole, the upper, like, it's interesting that it keeps that same spirit and yet has evolved so much at the same time. So that that was a very surprising experience to go, this is, this is different, but it's similar. I don't know how to, that it's, it's a, you guys did a good job with that. And I, I, that's good to know that that, and I, I think I agree in terms of consumer loyalism and keeping that, you know, the, the what you guys are looking for making sure you get don't do anything nuts from a marketing standpoint i totally understand yeah and i think in you know we definitely don't want to bore our consumer or bore our loyalists like we we know that the running industry moves pretty quickly and especially technology moves really quickly so we're very conscious of that but also if we keep our loyalists forever and don't lose them to cry, to kind of grab a new consumer, then that to us is, is a success. So um, that's always our goal is to kind of maintain that loyal consumer. And then if we make those technology change, changes that, you know, grab a new consumer, that's great. But 
again, we've, it, you said it perfectly, like in the past, we've done some major overhauls and, you know, our, our loyalist has kind of reacted badly to that. And again, we, we don't want to do that. So. I totally, yeah. this makes total sense. Yeah. Well, let's transition for now a little bit to the wave sky four. Um, so just kind of in general, what was, what was your philosophy? What was your philosophy of the design of this shoe? Um, you kind of talked about how you kind of divided the, the running, uh, community into different sects in terms of what they're looking for. So who did you guys design this shoe for? What was your vision and your philosophy? Yep. So when we ended up kind of coming up with those three silos, uh, we wanted the sky to fit in the floating category. So for $160, you want to feel some type of cushioning. Um, and I guess, you know, to, to back up a little bit about Compath, when we did that testing with thousands and thousands of people, it was different drops, different weights, different foam compounds. So we kind of found that little sweet spot in that floating category that the majority of runners who liked softer um, kind of reacted well to. So, you know, we, we use that as a DNA, but obviously want to continue to push that as well. So that floating category is where we saw that consumer resonate the most with the wave sky. And that's really kind of soft heel strike and then soft forefoot as well. Um, so that was really, you know, at least the starting strategy is how can we, uh, get softer and how can we use Xpop, which actually has been a really big success for us. How can we click that even a little bit softer? Uh, but again, not scare that customer who kind of fell in love with the three. Yeah. So tell, maybe this is a good transition into kind of how the midsole is designed. So you have the three uh, different compounds in there. Um, if we were to dissect this, like what's the top sole, what's the bottom part of the, the sole here and, and how does Xpop fit in the middle? Perfect. Yeah, so the top sole is a uh, Euphoric X, um, and then sandwiched in there is X-Pop, and then that bottom uh, bottom midsole is the um, Mizuno Energy. So X-Pop is, is one of those materials that we do love using, but it actually can't have really any ground contact. That's why we kind of sandwich it between the two midsole foams there. Um, and again, Mizuno Energy, because it is so soft, we wanted to be that bottom midsole because then that first hill strike would be the softest versus having the reverse, which is actually uh, in the horizon uh, that basically you'll maybe see in the future. So, you know, with the support shoe, we want kind of softer on top and then maybe on the, and then on the bottom, you want more of that euphoric, something that, you know, provides a little bit more stability for that customer. But with a neutral shoe, you want to go softer on the bottom. Yeah. And is, is the X-Pop, is it a full, is it full length in there or what's the shape of that? Yep. It's full length. Um, it's not the actual, like if you look at the actual shape of the shoe, it's not the actual shape. So basically where your metatarsals lie, it'll be about that width all the way down the shoe. All the way down. All right. Very cool. Awesome. Do you have any other questions about the design of it? I was. Uh, I, I I do have one question. So, with it being a soft underfoot feel, both in the heel and in the forefoot, do you have any kind of design preference going toward a more flexible and or rigid um, toe off through the through the forefoot? Because I do notice that the ride going through the forefoot between the wave rider and the wave sky is a little different, mm -hmm. and I come off a little quicker but a little snappier in the wave rider, but at those daily easy paces, it's definitely more flexible in the wave sky, at least from what I can feel. I mean, I don't know in yeah. terms of the design. No, that's a good question. From a, 
I mean, from a, I guess, design and consumer perspective, they felt that with the sky, you'd spend more time deforming and more time on the platform of that shoe than you would in the rider. So kind of some of those details in the forefoot, it's definitely a little bit more aggressive with rubber on the forefoot. And that's because you're going to spend a little bit more time on that shoe than you would in the rider. So in the rider, you'll see a little bit of a bigger gap in the grooves um, just because it should be a little bit snappier and you shouldn't spend as much time on it. So, yeah, that's a really good question. There's, you know, a little bit more rubber there because we assume that that consumer is probably spending a little bit more time on that forefoot than, than say, the rider. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, good, great question. What, uh, any major updates to the WaveNet upper between that, that you want to point out between this version and the three? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, our goal with uh, WaveNet overall, I mean, it's been a, a great first start with it. Honestly, the, the fit and hold of this product is one of the best, I think, that we've ever created. Um, and, you know, I think as Mizuno, one of the best knits out there. And, you know, that's not tuning our own horn, but I truly believe it's a, a superior upper um but one of the things we wanted to do is kind of that click forward so you know you'll see kind of that 3d run bird which just has a little bit more pop to it and just a little bit more depth to it so kind of add a little bit more depth to that that material in general um and then we just updated the vector pattern so the way that uh wave knit works um for kind of everybody out there listening is basically the thicker vectors that's where you get your fit and hold but the ones that are a little bit lighter and farther apart, that's where you get your stretch. So you'll get more of kind of the thicker patterns in the midfoot. And then as you get towards the forefoot, it should kind of even out and displace a little bit. So you get a little bit more flexibility. Um, but the goal is always to kind of hold you, especially in the midfoot part. Um, but again, it was kind of just a click forward. We just wanted to make sure that we, you know, kept the integrity of the wave knit, but we gave it just a little bit more depth um, from just kind of a aesthetic point of view. I, I will say too, you guys did a great job of locking down the midfoot in the Wave Sky Four compared to the Wave Sky Three. Mm, okay. uh, I had a little bit of a hard time in the Wave Sky Three in that specific region, and I thought this was like miles better in the Wave Sky Four. So, just kudos to you guys. That was awesome. That's yeah, awesome. I think you I that. Yeah, and I think you guys updated the lacing system as well, right? Correct. Correct. Um, it's a little bit more flexible than it was before. Yeah. Um, and obviously that update to the tongue, the tongue got a little bit lighter just because the wave knit kind of holds you in in general. So we didn't want it to be too intrusive. Um, but you're right. Yeah, that lacing system there just try to tries to help kind of complement the wave knit by wrapping around your foot. So, yeah, and we'll, we'll probably we'll get into this in the second half when we're doing the review. But um, the for me, the, the tongue update, thinning that out a bit was a was a big deal for for locking my foot in too, because there was less cushion for the shoe to, or for my foot to push against. So I, I felt like that, that was a big part too. I, I agree with David there too. Um, I have, I think three more questions that we want to hit. Um, one's just a quick general one. Any other things you want to highlight about the, the Wave Sky 4? Yeah, one thing, and it's actually in uh, your version and not the Arctic Ice that I have here. Um, but that outsole rubber that you have there, specifically on the black and dark shadow colors, uh, is actually a microblown rubber. So um, we're only doing it on that color to give um, just that really cool uh, kind of brown effect there that, that you do. Um, so it's actually a combination of a solid rubber and a blown rubber just to give it kind of that cool effect. 
um, and we're only doing it in that color only. So that's kind of a cool thing that's unique to uh, the black and the dark shadow on the men's and women's oh, side. That's neat. Cool. And, um, and if you can't answer this question, that's okay. Um, when you, when you look at things like, uh, XBOP, but more, more particular Mizuno energy, um, kind of the future of use of, of those materials. Do you have, do you guys have any plans, other plans for the Mizuno energy moving forward that you want to want to share? Give any sneak peeks about anything like that? Yeah, I mean, it's, again, it's such a super versatile material and can be kind of molded in, in so many different ways. So, um, you know, we want to start putting in it into as much product as we can. So you'll see, you know, definitely more iterations coming down the road. That's, you know, that's not going to be a surprise in the next uh, year, I would say. So that's something to definitely look forward to. Um, but, you know, in the end, uh, we want to kind of keep pushing material and keep pushing the rider and keep pushing the sky and, um, you know, kind of get back to our Mizuno DNA. So, yeah, that's something we'll, we'll definitely look to. And, and one thing I do want to kind of shout out in the future as well is um, we're trying to make this material to a little bit more a little bit better for the environment. So that's something else to look forward to. Um, we want to kind of keep pushing that if we can and, you know, make sure that, again, we're not, you know, confusing the loyalist or making that product feel any different, but it's really important for us from a global perspective uh, to really start pushing those boundaries as far as eco-friendly. It's a big deal. That's really neat. You guys, that's awesome. So uh, I do have one more question for everybody. We do this kind of segment on every episode and Tina we're throwing this on you without any heads up sorry uh, but we do the segment if this shoe were a blank what would it be and why and today's question is if this shoe were a music genre uh, what would it be and why so so we've sorry Tina we've had a chance to think about this one we sent it out earlier today and thought we'd just leave you dark on it so um, we'll, we'll go first oh i do i have to go first okay i got the wheels are turning for sure i do love a good like, icebreaker tape this is great okay i wait until the last second to figure this out too so don't worry <laughs> david david you want to start sure sure i'll start it off um so i'm actually the one that proposed the question um because i'm trying to think about it too and it's like there's a lot going on with the wave sky but like the shoe itself, it runs a little on the heavy side, but with the X-Pop and the NRZ, it's got a good amount of pop to it. It's got a lot of high notes as well. So I'm actually going to go to something that has a lot of volume and a lot of essence. I'm going to go with classic soul. So like hitting those big, loud voice notes, you know, but still kind of keeping it down at the same time. I like it. <laughs> Matt, do you want to go? Oh, please, Nathan, you go. Okay. Please go, Matt. <laughs> I, I, I also know yeah, I, won't, I won't make you go. go I'll, I'll make you, you go last, I promise. I'll give you more time, I promise. I know, I know mine, so I'll go. Um, in talking to you, Tina, my, my idea was kind of reinforced. You know, this, this shoe isn't the shoe that's designed for you to go out and really crush really fast, hard workouts. This is to, to really get miles in, um, enjoy the, enjoy the ride. But like David said, you know, the, the X pop, but now the addition of Mizuno energy, you have a lot more bounce to this shoe. So, um, you don't feel the weight. Um, it feels like, Hey, I'm going to go out. I'm going to enjoy my run. I'm not really going to worry about kind of what I'm doing on my run. I'm just going to enjoy it. 
Um, and so I'm going to go with reggae, reg reggae music, because um, it's, it's a little bit calmer, but it does have a little bit of a bounce to the feel of the song. And, you know, don't worry about a thing. <laughs> and you can, like, bounce along on this shoe. So, and you get my karaoke for the day. So, <laughs> sorry. Well, based on the, the colorway, I'm going to have to go with, this is inspired by a certain song. Um, I'm not going to have to go with rock and roll just because I'm inspired by the, the tune Back in Black, um, which is a great uh, song. But I just think just because, again, the, the rhythm of the soul, that's, it's not the fastest tempo, right? But it, that, that song has carried me through so many parts of my life. Um, and I feel like that's kind of the way this shoe goes is no matter what kind of day you're having, it'll get you through that run. And so I'm going to have to go with rock and roll on that one. It's, it's, it'll, it'll be there for you. Nice. I, I actually appreciate that all of us have different answers and different reasons for that. And I think that's what makes this question actually fantastic. Um, so I'm going a little bit on the cheesier side and going with uh, just pop music because one, X-pop, but also two, I feel <laughs> like it's, uh, it's kind of just the easiest one to go to. Like when you don't know what you want in your day, you're just kind of like, all right, what am I going to throw on? Okay, I'll just throw on, you know, top 40 or whatever. And at least like, I'll know, I'll know a few words and I can get it done, you know? So that's kind of where my head went to. It's kind of the, the easy choice, but again, maybe a little bit of play on words with the X-pop as well. Don't worry, I'm guilty of that too. When, uh, <laughs> when the Wave Sky 3 came out, all I was doing on my Instagram stories was like, the song X, gonna give it to you. I was saying, yes. X-pop, gonna give it to you. <laughs> Once I was allowed to, obviously, but yeah. Yeah. talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> love it that's fantastic so tina do you have anything else that you want to share with us or our listeners and or do you guys have any other questions i'm good good all right well uh thank you so much tina for joining us on this first half here letting us interview you giving us some insight into the design these foams kind of what the direction you guys are going we really appreciate your time for anyone who's wondering, it's Sunday night. Her time, I think it's 9 p.m. Well, now, now it's 9.37. So it's pretty late. So the fact that she's doing that is awesome. Um, so we, re we really appreciate it. No, absolutely. And appreciate everything you guys, you know, have done for us. And uh, again, you know, appreciate your reviews and podcasts because you're always honest. And, you know, you keep us, uh, you, yeah, you keep us moving. So appreciate it. Fabulous. Well, when we come back, um, it'll be just the three of us. We'll kind of break down our testing experience and we'll keep it rolling. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hey, everybody, and welcome back. Now the three of us, uh, Matt, David, and I, we are going to break down our testing experience in the Mizuno Wave Sky for WaveNet. Um, so let's start kind of how we do. Let's talk about how we felt about the fit, uh, the little updates to the WaveNet upper. What did you guys think? I think overall good. 
at least from the prior version, I think it locks down the midfoot a lot better. The, the toe box is a little bit um, more roomy. It's not exactly wide, but it's got plenty for toe splay. I think the heel might be a little on the spacious side. I don't know for sure. Uh, Matt would be able to talk more about that because he tends to be more sensitive in that region. But um, overall, I think it's a pretty good fit. I mean, I did have a little bit of translation in some of like tighter turns, but granted, I actually rolled my ankle maybe a couple miles before that started happening. So that might be more just my ankle after I rolled it, you know, rather than the actual shoe. So what how'd you roll your ankle? I was trying to be nice and keep six feet away from people. And uh, I, I dodged out off of the sidewalk and I went into this like grass section in front of this home. And it was just really, really choppy. And I just, in, in turning out like that, I just like, just evert or inverted, you know, just classic inversion sprain. Just, yeah. Shoot. My ACFL, it's like, it's bugging me a little bit, but it's not super bad. But it's just enough to kind of like make me not want to turn left hard. So. <laughs> That that happened to me not it was this past February, I think. Not on grass, but there's this road right by my work has terrible potholes. And I just I was talking to somebody, um, because you could run really close to people at that point in the world, and uh it was talking, I wasn't paying attention and <laughs> and then the rest of the run was interesting, that's for sure. Anyway, um uh, Matt, what did you what do you think? I I actually really enjoyed the fit. The upper is a little bit thick. It's better than the previous version. Um, but I actually, the, 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 the key staple for this entire shoe was the stability was vastly improved over the entire thing. The upper, I felt like the tongue and the midfoot especially was locked down a lot better than the prior version. Um, I had, as David said, I have kind of sensitive Achilles uh, insertional uh, insertions. And I had no issues with this. I think there's plenty of padding here. Um, the counter feels like it's almost like a little bit more external than is internal. If, just, if anything, there's still a plenty of padding back here that I did not have an issue. Um, I did have to lace lock it. So it was, it is a little bit more wide, so I didn't have to lock it down, but honestly felt like there was, there was, uh, plenty of room. And as always the wave net tends to do pretty well. Um, I didn't, I didn't try turning very fast like David, I mostly stayed in a, in a straight line, but I really did enjoy it. It's a very comfortable, casual shoe as well. Um, the only issue, it can get a little, a little warm. That's my only mm-hmm. gripe on that one. But yeah, and we have the we, we have the darker version too. You know, we have the black, the black yeah. upper. All all of us do. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I very much agree with you, Matt. In terms of the <laughs> the lockdown was just really great and mm-hmm. um, vastly improved. I think my favorite thing about the update for those of you who ran in the previous version in the Wave Sky 3, um, and I mentioned this earlier, but is the thinned out tongue. Um, and also even the heel counter was thinned out a little bit too. I remember putting on the Wave Sky 3 and just feeling like my foot was surrounded by like tons of foam. Um, and I just felt like my foot could kind of push into that and kind of move around a little bit. And I had a hard time with stability. Um, and we'll dive a little bit more into stability later, but uh, the, the upper lockdown on this was way better. Um, in terms of the, the fit, um, maybe you guys, it didn't sound like you guys had this experience, um, particularly in comparison to the uh, Wave Rider 24. I felt like this one felt shorter and wider, whereas the um, the Rider felt 
a little bit more, not narrow, but like more narrow than this and, and longer. So I could feel my, my toes early on were hitting the uh, taper um, of the toes laterally, like my, my fifth digit, but because of the wave knit, it stretched out really well. And I didn't, didn't have any issues, but it definitely fit on the kind of shorter, wider uh, spectrum. Right. I, I totally agree that I did notice that maybe the first run or so. Um, I think it depends on which writer you're talking about, where I felt like the fit was kind of similar to the wave knit writer, whereas the mesh obviously to me fit longer. I, I agree where this is definitely shorter and wider. That's something I prefer because I, I don't like it when shoes are too long. Um, so I'd rather have it be just a hair short and fiddle and like lock me in a little better than be a little too long. But just know that if you do get any rubbing and it feels a little stiff, the wave knit adapts to your foot and it takes a run or two, but it's pretty quick. Yeah, and certainly true to size. My point is not that you need to size up. I don't. Yeah, it's definitely not sure. To, I would not size up or size down in these. Yep. I was thankful with the lacing change too. You know, we talked about the lacing. The lacing system is is nice. I think the the laces are long enough to do lace locks. I didn't have to, and I didn't have any issues. Um, so I, I liked the I like I like the wave knit upper overall. Um, but yeah, a little bit, a little bit warm. It's yeah. warm season in Wisconsin, and I did um, I did 15 in them yesterday, and it was a little pretty humid and a little bit warm. It wasn't like my foot blistered at all or was overheating, but I mean by mile, what is it? You know, 12 to 15. I I knew that it was a little bit warmer. Yep. So yeah, no blistering at all in this shoe, but it's definitely just it's a little it's a runs a little bit warmer. But that's we yeah, also maybe the black one, but you know, yeah. So let's transition into the ride let's kind of combine ride and stability because i think they kind of go together um what'd you guys think about the ride how would you describe it um what do you feel about the the foam compounds that we talked about earlier so if i can go first i'd love to so this is this they introduced they've got a lot of stuff going on they've got euphoric midsole they've got energy uh midsole which is their new midsole compound they've got xpop in here so there's kind of a, there's a couple different, this ride has a couple different characteristics depending on what you do with it. The biggest thing for me that I noticed immediately is I, I had a lot of trouble in the, the um, Wave Sky 3 because it was not stable enough for me. I think the shoe had potential for my biomechanics. It just didn't work. It was still a great shoe, but it just didn't. This shoe was much better. I, the, I think as a combination, the midfoot worked very, very well. And then I think the firmness on the bottom of some of the euphoric or the, I'm sorry, the energy foam just worked better. Uh, the ride is certainly a little stiff when you, when first breaking it in, but then it just turns into this nice kind of like, almost like a tank where you can kind of go over anything and it feels fine. It was great casual. You know, I use this shoe in the clinic. I would run after working it. It was still good. Um, it's not, to me, it didn't have the softest ride, but it certainly is very protective and stable. I, I had similar, but slightly different experience. So I do agree that it's, it's very protective. That's definitely yeah. a word that I would probably use as well. It's, it's softer than a lot of other shoes out there, but it's not exactly what I would think of as plush. You know, I mean, maybe to some extent it is. But I actually, I had a little bit of a hard time with the stability if I was off of roads. But then again, like I, ro I rolled my ankle, you know, the first day running in them. So and I don't, that had no fault to the shoe. That was just 
the situation that I put myself in. And, um, but I did notice that running on roads, I felt fine. If I was running on like packed dirt, I felt fine, but it does like that wave net does have a little bit of a stretch to it. There's a little bit more volume. It's a little wider. I, I did have a little bit of a harder time when it came down to more uneven surfaces or, uh, like the turns, like I was saying earlier, um, the stability was decent. I mean, it wasn't like unstable, but it, it, Definitely wasn't the most stable out there, but I don't think it's necessarily supposed to be. I mean, they put the full-length NRZ. It's a softer platform. This is meant to be kind of more of a cushioned ride the entire way. And so, I mean, I'm definitely not mad at them for that at all. Like, it's it's just the design of the shoe, you know? This is a road shoe. Yeah, exactly. And, and it worked best on road yeah. for me. So. Outside, it does not... The traction is fine. I took it over wet ground, and it was fine, but I do, would not take this on trail just because there's not a ton of lugs. It's really meant as a roadshow. If, if, if David was given high heels to run in, he would say, I can't wait to take this on grass. Yeah, he would. That's David's, David's like, I just want to bring everything on trails. It's hilarious. <laughs> what was the show? It was the, it was the Eddie Zero Pro, I think, when I had ordered it, and I was like, I can't wait to take this on grass. It just <laughs> don't do that, man. It's like no traction. All right. Um, I, you know, it's it's interesting. I think we've all had slightly different experiences yeah. with this with this ride a little bit. Um, like Matt, I saw I felt a huge uh, step up in stability from the Wave Sky Three to this one, and learning a little bit more about the midsole compounds, especially that it became softer through the energy, which is again, the yeah. lower uh, half of the foam, despite it saying energy on the top sole, right. it's actually the, the bottom part. You can feel it's way softer um, than the euphoric on top or U4IC, depending on who you are. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I felt like that, that means I think the stability really came from the better lockdown up top and that I wasn't having as much movement because the shoe's softer, but the maybe the, the combo of having um, a little bit firmer topsole, softer bottom, um, and just kind of how that interacted. My my feet responded really well to it. Um, so I was I was thankful for the stability upgrade. I did feel like this shoe, especially on my run yesterday, my my long run, my 15 miler, I stopped and drank some water at mile 11, and I remember restarting and just felt like the shoe again, I would, I would agree with you guys. I used the word protective. Um, once I started running again, I felt the cushion, like it felt very soft under my foot, which at that point I really appreciated. Um, so I, you know, I, I actually, you know, and I do find from the X-Pop too, um, that there's a, a good amount of bounce that comes from this, um, as well. So, um, yeah, we all had slightly different experiences, I think. I, I will agree with that, though, that I, I, I did have some balance as well, and I liked that, and I felt that I ran a lot faster than I necessarily thought I was in all of my daily runs. Especially for how heavy the, this is a pretty hefty shoe, and uh, right. I don't normally like heavy shoes. This is, there was enough bounce in here that you almost, you almost didn't notice that. I have to agree, Nathan, I actually noticed that as well as when I would start my runs, and maybe it was because I, a lot of the runs I did in this was after a long day of being on my feeding clinic, but 
when I would warm, when I'd start my run, I'd usually be pretty stiff. When I would stop for a stoplight or something like that, and then when I started going again, it like it was like the ride changed, and all of a sudden it was like yeah. I don't see, and I noticed it a lot more. Um, I, maybe that might be because there's so many, there's so many different compounds in this. It just as you different times you start engaging it differently. But I definitely agree with you where I notice it much more after I stopped for a second, reset, and then started going again. That's when I noticed more of the softness. Where when I started, always it usually felt firm and stable. Yeah. So um, let's transition because yeah. you guys started talking about it. You know, talk about speed and what kind of runs you would use this for. Um, you know that that category. This is this is still. I mean, it's a it's a, a hefty shoot. I mean, Nathan, can you remind me the 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 weight on this one for a men's size nine? Eleven point two. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not exactly light. Um, but to me, this was my recovery day shoe. This was my mileage shoe. Um, like Nathan, it made for a very good long, long run shoe where it kind of kept me again, legs a little more fresh over those very long distances. This is not something I would do up tempo stuff in. However, I will note that when push comes to shove, as I almost got hit by a car wearing the shoe, if you need to move, it will. So I would like to point that out. Would I do workouts in this shoe? No, but if you if you push it, it will go. So the the energy and the and the uh, especially the X pop. If you put a little more force into this, there is there's definitely some bounce. But it is it is certainly not meant for that. This is your you know your cushion shoe. This is you know this is your myelin shoe. This is for those who want a little bit more shoe underfoot. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think. Um... I've mostly used it for daily run efforts. I think I have about 31 miles, I think, on mine so far. And I've done a couple progression runs, and I've kind of taken them for a little spin at a couple points. And, I mean, I was able – I ended my run, I think, with a 540 today, and that was good. That was great for this kind of a shoe, you know. Um, so it'll respond if you put the force into it. However, it is not meant to necessarily go fast. Like, it feels the best at the daily basis. Like – yeah. I would definitely say just easy day, long run, daily mileage, workhorse, you know, just, just go out there and just put the work in. But if you ask it to, it will. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you guys. I mean, it's in terms of how it's designed, kind of who they're targeting and how, it, how I felt like it responded on the runs. I mean, it's super durable. It's got a lot of foam underneath and the outsole durability for me has been really good. You guys can go into that too. But um, I, I think, yes, it's not a speed day shoe. I did my 15 at about marathon pace and which for me isn't wicked fast. Um, but, you know, so like 730, 720, you know, so I was doing it at that paces and it felt completely fine. I didn't feel like it was pulling me back or weighing me down. Um, and I would say that there's, most, <laughs> believe it or not, most people I don't think have a shoe rotation that they go through with their running shoes. They have one shoe. And I think that th this shoe for me felt like one of those, if I am running for fitness or want to complete a certain distance, whether I've never ran a 5k or a 10k or I've never ran a half marathon or never ran a marathon. And I really like that kind of floating feeling, um, this is, this is, could be an option for you. It's going to be soft and bouncy, um, not pushing you super fast forward, but it's going to be a lot underneath and it's going to last you a long time. Um, so for a lot of people, it could, it could do everything you want. 
for those who, you know, have a shoe rotation, I, I would definitely go in the recovery day, some like long runs that you're, you're purposefully like slowing your pace down for the sake of being on your feet longer. I found this was great for my 15, um, which for me is, is a long run <laughs> for me. So, uh, yeah, that's what I got. I'd like to add to that, that Nathan mentioned that not everybody has a shoe rotation. Most people will generally have one shoe. Um, and I understand times are tough right now, right? So we've got, you know, not everybody has a lot of monetary, extra monetary expenses. Not everybody has a job right now. We are very fortunate that we have companies that send us a lot of different shoes. So this is something that, again, is a, is a blessing to us. And we've worked hard to get to this point. But I have to let you know that there is some literature that suggests having a little shoe rotation is beneficial in terms of it may decrease injury risk. And that's not for sure, but having a variety of shoes can create a couple different stimuli that may, it may decrease the risk of overuse. You still need further research on that. But having a couple different shoes is not a bad thing because, you know, you might decide you need a, a softer shoe for a longer run or you might want to run a little faster someday. And being able to switch between a couple of them is always is a good idea. And it also, there's there's no evidence on this. This is mostly an industry thing, but going like, hey, you know, if you switch the shoes out, the foam will last longer. Whether that's necessarily true, I don't know the literature, the, like the, the, the um, mechanical science, uh, material science on that stuff, but, or, or if it's just the, the shoe industry trying to sell you more shoes. But uh, anecdotally, it, it does, the foam, the shoes tend to feel better if you give them a little rest, just like your legs. So it's not a bad idea to have a couple different shoes. We get that question asked all the time. No, different shoes have different, will do different things. Or you know, for us, like with how great the, the, the wave rider 24 was like a great rotation for a newer runner or somebody who is not interested in the super lightweight racing flats, something like using the sky as your mileage shoe, and then maybe using the wave rider as your up-tempo shoe or your, your race day shoe. Um, for those, again, for newer runners, you're kind of just getting into this. That might be a good option, right? There's many combinations you can do, but that might be uh, a poss possibility. Totally. Spoken like a true researcher. <laughs> yep. Very definitive statements, you know, you definitely need this and you, it definitely does this. No, just no need for further research. Who needs more research? Yeah. yeah who needs more research? Anything for sure. Right. Which is always like every research page is like, well, this might be this, but we really have no idea because it just only worked. We only tested this specific thing in this specific population. This could be totally different elsewhere. Yeah. So before we keep going, what's your guys' drink of choice tonight? I got the uh, LaCroix hibiscus um, flavor. It's probably my favorite one. I used to really like the, uh, it's called Pamplemousse or something, but the hibiscus has been great. I also had some strawberry, I think it's called bubbly today. And as much of a LaCroix loyalist as I am, I kind of might like bubbly more, a little less fizz, a little more flavor. I mean, is it hard to have more flavor than LaCroix? I don't know. I love LaCroix, so I'm not knocking it. But uh, You're not sponsored by them, by the way. Yeah, not a, not a sponsor. Let us know. <laughs> I think Nathan needs to uh, get ready for bed soon. Yeah, yeah that's probably true. So if, if, if the Wave Sky was a look, look, I can't even say it, LaCroix flavor, what flavor would it be? LaCrux. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys drinking, though? 
Mine was before the podcast, though. So I have I have water to my left. I had a little bit of Mike's Hard Lemonade prior to the podcast. So that's what was in this guy. Um, oh. Giants. I always got to rep at least a team. So, um, but it was the new limited release watermelon flavor. That's that's what I had today. What well, about I, you, man? I'm six years old, and I just had uh, hot chocolate. So. <laughs> <laughs> So I'll let, you, I'll let you figure that out about me. All right, here, let's let's finish this yeah, thing out. After run. But anyway, off topic. Distraction. What, what do you guys think about, just really quick, thoughts on durability and also any other final thoughts on the Wave Sky 4? Dude, this shoe was okay. a team. Mizuno is one of two companies for me that – if I see them release a shoe, there is absolutely zero question. It's going to be one of the most durable things I've ever put on my feet. Um, there's no problem. Yeah, no, it'll last a lot longer than I think any of those of the other shoes out there. It's it'll go beyond the industry standard. I think. Yep. This, this is they they do that repeatedly, right? Like I and this is just dirt on here. I barely made it to the sole. And again, we know what I do to shoes. Um, and this is with, I have used these on trails too, and they have, you know, again, not, the, not the best for it, but I didn't, I couldn't tear up the sole. So it's doing well. I agree on the durability. It's been awesome. I also, I do need to add this in about trails. My trails around here are probably different than the ones you guys are running on in the mountains, um, in California, but we have what's called the green circle trail and it's all kind of a crushed, uh, gravel trail. And these have been perfectly more than acceptable for like a, a very smooth crushed gravel trail. I, I have had no problems. It's super protective underfoot. You don't feel the rocks underneath. They don't get stuck in anything. Um, it's been stable enough for that for me. Um, it, kudos, by the way, Mizuno and a lot of their shoes, they've been filling in this back heel. Um, I, in all the recent shoes we've tested, I have not gotten a single rock stuck in here so yeah. kudos that used to be something mizuno was famous for but now you know can't can't say that anymore and full ground contact too that was the big i remember that a couple of years ago when they first started doing that i was like that blew my mind so good job okay. but yeah so final my final thoughts is that i found from the last version um lockdown was better stability of the sole was better for road right so it's not meant as a trail shoe um, like Nathan said, it does fit just a hair short, but the knit just stretches wonderfully. Very similar kind of feel, except the the Wave Rider has a more performance fit. The Wave Rider 24 Wave Knit kind of re it reminded me of this, um, but it's different, right? There's a lot more room in here. Um, it's not a performance oriented fit like the Wave Rider. Definitely has that edge to it. Um, a tank, right? I um, it, give it some time to break in a little bit. It's a, it's a good shoe, but it needs some time to warm up, and there's a lot going on. So expect a couple different uh, flavors depending on your speed, your run, how much force you put in the ground. And uh, it's an interesting shoe. I think they did a very good job with this update. Definitely a good update. I, the first shoe that's featuring the full-length Zeno Energy Foam, um, everything about the shoe for me improved yeah. from, from the previous version. So... David, oh. same, same here. I think they have improved in every category for this shoe. I mean, for me, the last 
model, it was mainly that midfoot lockdown. I think I talked to you about it a little bit, yep. but I was starting to get a little pain in that navicular region just because I think I was getting a little bit of translation or just not very good lockdown. And then when they updated the lacing system in this and the, the net upper, it's, yeah, it's way better. And it's way more stable because of that too. So yeah. uh, I'm way more happy. Yeah. Wave Sky 4. Yep. Awesome. Well, there are our thoughts about the art and science of putting the Mizuno Wave Sky 4 WaveNet on your feet. Uh, remember, if you like what we're doing, please subscribe to and check out our podcast, which is called the Doctors of Running Virtual Roundtable, as well as our YouTube channel at Doctors of Running. And then follow us on our social media on Facebook and Instagram. And obviously also check out our website, which has all of our articles on shoe reviews, as well as uh, injury prevention, rehabilitation, biomechanics, and footwear technology. Uh, thank you for joining us. And again, another shout out to Mizuno and Tina Danforth for joining us uh, on this episode and giving us a little bit of insight into what's going on with Mizuno and their future. Um, this is a great, great time. Enjoy your LaCroix or bubbly. Is that what it's called? Bubbly? Uh, anyway, time to end this. Time to end. Hey, guys. <laughs> Bye.